Welcome to CCAP Across the Maps podcast, What the Health, where we cover a variety of health topics in the form of personal stories and educational episodes. I'm Erin Boffman, and I'll be one of your hosts. I'm Michael McPhee, and I'll be your other host. For season one, episode one, we have decided to interview the co-founders of CCAP Across the Map, CEO Jillian Lieber and COO Hunter Ackerley, to learn how CCAP Across the Map was co-founded and how it's grown ever since. Welcome, Jillian and Hunter. You all can go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Jillian Lieber. I recently graduated from Arizona State University there at the Honors College with my BS in Molecular Biosciences and Biotechnology, as well as my BS in Neuroscience back in May of 2021. I currently work as one of the co-lead medical scribes in the emergency department at St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center in downtown Phoenix, and I, of course, run CCAP across the map. My plan is to go to medical school where I want to specialize to combine women's health, global health, and surgery. It's an honor to be here tonight. Hey, y'all. My name is Hunter Ackerley. I'm also super excited to be here. I also graduated in May of 2021 from the University of Arizona Honors College with my Bachelor's of Science in Psychological Science and a minor in music. I'm currently working in a retirement community in Tucson, Arizona, as well as being the COO of CCAP Across the Map and working to run the business with our growing team. My career goals are to become a therapist and focus on holistic and dynamic care by being an advocate for making sure the whole person is cared for when they seek treatment. We are so happy to have you here. So to start things off, what made you decide to start CCAP Across the Map? Well, Hunter and I had just graduated from high school back in 2017, and we really wanted to do something to better the world, as cliche as that might sound. Uh, we had worked together through various school projects, uh, through speech and debate, and through other various extracurriculars that we did together. So we knew we had a really great working professional dynamic, in addition to being best friends on that personal level. Now, Hunter was pre-law at the time, and I was, and I'm still pre-med. So we thought the best way to combine our skill sets was to start a health-oriented nonprofit organization. When we were deliberating what to focus on, we decided that we are both very passionate about various women's issues at large, but we wanted to have a more specialized focus for our mission and for something to really hone in on. That's when we stumbled across the issue of cervical cancer. Cervical cancer, is actually very preventable. In fact, the CDC approximates that up to 93% of cervical cancer cases could be prevented by vaccination against its number one cause, the human papillomavirus, as well as consistent diagnostic screening tests, such as with pap smears. Yet so many cases still occurred worldwide. In 2018 alone, there were roughly 569,000 new cases diagnosed globally. And from those cases, there were 311,000 resulting deaths, which has a 55% mortality rate, despite the established existence of preventative technology. Now, out of these cases, anywhere between 84% to 90% of them occurred in low and middle income countries, largely due to lack of public awareness and lack of healthcare access. Hunter and I really wanted to take part in combating cervical cancer globally, and thus the CCAP Across the Map was born. So what are the first steps that you took to build this organization? 
our first step was to establish a business entity. And like Jillian really just said, we were just out of high school with, I think, like a combined experience of one high school business class at the time. And so learning the process of creating a limited liability corporation or LLC and then applying for nonprofit status through 501c3 tax exemption status was really incredibly challenging when we first tried to do it. I remember we bought books on how to navigate all the paperwork the very day we came up with the idea for CCAP across the map. And from there, we spent hours in local coffee shops talking about our shared vision. And we spoke with like anyone who would listen to learn about their business experience and how we could model any good practices after them. And once we got all of that established, we then started with outreach to other local Arizona businesses and health advocacy and began to form some really meaningful partnerships that will allow us to open doors for many opportunities, like for mentorship, partnerships, and eventually conferences where we could learn more about the field where we got to attend. Our first big step as an organization was to present our vision and business plan to a community advisory board meeting with the Arizona Partnership for Immunization, otherwise known as TAPI, back in the summer of 2018. And we've come such a long way since then, always updating our business model, growing our team to now nearly 30 dedicated volunteers. And that also includes a university chapter at Arizona State University called CCAP at ASU. And we're also establishing ongoing partnerships with other amazing organizations around the world. That's amazing to hear. What do some of your initiatives look like at CCAP across the map? So our business model is bifurcated into international projects and domestic programs. So as the name suggests, the international projects are for our initiatives that are launched abroad, and our domestic initiatives are for our initiatives that are launched here in the United States. It's important probably to note that for every single initiative we do, whether it's international or domestic, we always work with a partner in the region we are going to or that we are working in. So that might include healthcare workers and doctors and nurses and other members of the communities to just make sure that we are ensuring our initiatives are serving the communities in the most efficacious way possible. So let's start with some of your international projects. Could you tell us about one of those? Absolutely. So our first international project was CCAP in Mexico, uh, which we launched back in June of 2020 alongside our host, the TIA Foundation, as well as local doctors and volunteers in Mexico. Uh, when we were here, we went to a very small municipality called Mascota, uh, which is located in Jalisco. Now, while we were there, first, we trained 23 community healthcare workers in cervical cancer prevention through HPV vaccination and a cervical cancer diagnostic method called visual inspection using acetic acid, VIA for short, where you can essentially use household vinegar as a triage method for cervical cancer. Our educational model for the healthcare workers included seminar presentations about both methods of prevention that I just mentioned, as well as a hands-on practical section of how to conduct BIA. It's kind of like how when you take college courses like biology or chemistry, you have the lecture portion, but then you also have the lab portion to really get that hands-on experience. Now together, these community health workers are now serving approximately 15,000 people in their surrounding municipalities. From the impact assessments that we conducted, we discerned that there was a 20% increase in knowledge about HPV, a 40% increase in knowledge about BIA, 80% of trainees said that they would use BIA in the field, and 95% of trainees said that they would recommend BIA to another healthcare worker. 
Second, we conducted community health consultations with general members of the community that we were working in. We learned that 83% of the community members who we spoke to had never even heard of the HPV vaccine. And when we told them about it, they were very interested in either getting it themselves or having a family member get it. Now, we lastly donated all relevant medical equipment and educational materials, and we spent a lot of time discussing targeted potential cervical cancer prevention efforts so that we can ensure that we're serving the communities in the most efficacious way possible. Yeah, Jill, and just like I mentioned earlier, with every initiative we establish, we always focus on generating that sustainable impact. That way, communities are empowered to continue efforts after our team leaves after that initial project launch. I remember during our six-month check-in in in December 2020, after our initial project launch in Mexico, we surveyed half of the community health workers we had trained and learned that 64% had educated more than 10 people about HPV, 27% had educated between 1 to 5 people about it, 10% had used VIA on more than 10 people, 20% had used VIA on between 2 to 5 people, and additionally, we learned that 82% had current plans to educate people about HPV and VIA. And the best, most exciting statistic was that 100% of the people we interviewed in that six-month check-in were interested in ongoing continued education. So we now have a satellite team in Mexico for this continued education platform led by our team lead, Fabian Monita, and we have presented multiple follow-up cervical cancer presentations, among other types, such as for breast cancer as well. We would really like to thank our initial host organization, the TIA Foundation, and all of the local doctors and volunteers we worked with, as well as our team lead, Fabian, and the communities we worked with for being so accepting and welcoming of our work for that really great opportunity for our first project launch. Wow, that's such incredibly important work. Of course, that got me curious. Can we hear about one of your domestic programs? Absolutely. So very recently, actually, in December of 2021, we launched our domestic program called PAPS or POC. Now here, we're working with the American Medical Women's Association, AMWA, at Mayo Clinic, Arizona, as well as the St. Vincent de Paul Clinic to first conduct an IRB-approved study to investigate the greatest barriers to cervical health among uninsured people of color. And then second, we're also referring uninsured people of color to the St. Vincent de Paul Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona for pap smears at no cost to the patient. Now the rationale behind this program is very simple. Uninsured people of color are at risk for cervical cancer. When we were doing our background research, we found that approximately 15% of people with cervixes living in Arizona are uninsured. Now when we brought in our research a little bit and we looked nationally, we found that 9% of Black people with cervixes are uninsured, 17% of Hispanic people with cervixes are uninsured, and yet only 5% of white people with cervixes are uninsured. This means that a disproportionate amount of uninsured people with cervixes in Arizona and nationally are people of color. When looking at cervical cancer specifically, we additionally found that Black people with cervixes are twice as likely to die from cervical cancer when compared to white people. And we also found that Hispanic people are 40% more likely to be diagnosed and 20% more likely to die from cervical cancer when compared to their white counterparts. Now this racial based disparity in cervical health is of course multifaceted, but research has found that it is partially due to lack of access to preventative care, including consistent diagnostic screening 
such that potential cervical cancer can be caught in its early stages and then successfully treated. Thus, with all of this information in mind, Patcher POC was born. Now we're currently still recruiting study participants as well as referring patients. So if you know anyone who is uninsured in Phoenix, Arizona, let us know and we would absolutely love to help them be a part of our program. It's also important to note that while we are indeed focusing on uninsured people of color, anyone who is uninsured is welcome to participate in this program. Do y'all have any tips for anybody who is wanting to start a nonprofit? Oh, absolutely. I love talking about this. I think I would recommend um, probably two main things. The first thing I would recommend is to really nail down your mission and how you can sustainably fund that mission. It's super important as a nonprofit to be able to maintain and support all of the people power it takes on a day-to-day -day basis to carry out your initiatives. Nailing down your mission and being able to clearly talk about it with passion, as well as being able to show why it's important to care at all, will definitely help you get people interested in what you're doing and have them stick around. These people may become incredibly valuable contributors to your team as well, such as becoming volunteers or maybe even financial donors. And the second thing I would recommend is to establish internal systems that will help keep you organized. It's so important. This would include setting things up like a team structure that allows for collaboration and delegation, as well as strong record keeping and task management software. That's probably the most important thing our team has done in terms of really streamlining our day-to-day -day operations. And then I would also really, really encourage regular team meetings to keep everyone up to date and inspired by the work that everyone's individually doing to help further the overall mission. I think team bonding and morale is so important in the nonprofit sector because it's truly motivated and determined people who pour their heart and soul into a mission that really, really makes it work, especially with my experience so far working with CCAP across the map. So those are some great tips and insights. What are some of the biggest challenges or lessons that you've faced along the way? Do you want that list in chronological or alphabetical order? All jokes set aside. I would say that one of the biggest challenges has honestly been being taken seriously as we're oftentimes viewed as a group of kids carrying out a hobby or some passion project rather than skilled workers building a professional organization. Going a bit further into that, it can be especially difficult running an organization as two young women. Now, starting with our age, this has oftentimes been brought up by people. Now, sometimes this is in a positive light, commending us for the work that we have done at such a young age. And other times it's, it's honestly brought up in a negative light, doubting our abilities due to our young age. It, bringing up our age is definitely something that we have gotten very used to since we co-founded CCAP Across the Map when we were just 18 and even now we're only 23. In fact, I just had a recent meeting with a potential partner where he said that he had shoes that were older than me. Now, moving on to being women, only 21% of large nonprofit CEOs are women. Now, the reasoning behind this is, of course, multifaceted, but the research has found that it's largely due to difficulties with relationship building that is so inherent in fundraising and nonprofit organization work. Everybody tells you that you're going to get so many more no's than yeses for various reasons, including the ones that I just mentioned. But nobody prepares you for what that really feels like on a day-to-day -day basis. Nobody truly prepares you for what it feels like to be told no over and over again, whether it's through grant proposals, pitch competitions, requests for donors, requests for partnerships. Really, nobody prepares you for that. 
So the biggest lesson to me is that if you are getting a no, actually when you are getting a no, it's almost inevitable. Uh, for whatever reason, you are talking to the wrong person. So take every single piece of feedback that you get for continual improvement, find that right person, and the yes that you have worked incredibly hard for, it'll eventually come. So where do you all see the future of CCAP across the map after these first five years? Since its beginning, we really saw this business being something that genuinely connects people across large distances and serve communities that lack necessary resources to prevent cervical cancer. As we continue to grow and our team spans many different states and countries, our mission grows as well. And we've actually expanded our educational materials into more female-specific cancers, sexually transmitted infections, and something I hold really close to my heart, maintaining mental health when faced with a medical diagnosis. We do this because the health of the cervix is really disparaged when the rest of the body is not in good health as well. And I would say, speaking for both Jill and myself, that we see the future of CCAP across the map as an organization that brings scalable models to under-resourced communities across the United States for cervical health advocacy, like with our program, PAPS for POC. And looking internationally, we have many partnerships established for the next few years where our educational materials and practicals will bring vital knowledge and screening skills to areas around the world where healthcare primarily rests on the shoulders of community health workers or midwives who are often at the front lines of it all. Our ultimate goal is and always will be to contribute to the eradication of cervical cancer as it is such a preventable disease if you receive the HPV vaccine and are screened early and regularly for any signs of cervical cancer. I absolutely agree with everything that Hunter just said. Adding just a little bit more to that, one day I would love to see CCAP across the map become absolutely obsolete because the day that happens, it's because cervical cancer is now a problem of the past. Until then, we will fight every single day to do our part to save the cervix, and we welcome you to join our mission. Well, thank you. This has been so amazing and insightful to hear. We'd just like to thank Jillian and Hunter for coming on our first ever podcast episode of What the Health and sharing about the experience starting and running CCAP across the map. Stay tuned for our next episode and give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok at CCAP Across the Map. You can additionally stay up to date with us on our YouTube channel and through our website, ccapglobal.org. Thanks for listening to What the Health, and we'll catch y'all next time. Mm -hmm.